0: Occupy a Job on Wall Street is an autobiographical novel about New York City and the aughts, centering around a protagonist who is mentored by three sociopaths. The author has more than 15 years of experience on Wall Street bracketing this same time period. While everything that follows is an accurate description of the world he witnessed, names and locations have been changed to protect people's identities. Episode 41, An Unregulated Market Today's podcast is set in the offices of the most famous firm you've never heard about. Herzog Heine Geduld was a brokerage that was started all the way back in 1926, survived and prospered through the chaos of the 20th century, and then was sold to Merrill Lynch for $900 million in the summer of 2000. Let's take the named partners one at a time. The most important of the three, Buzzy Geduld, was a rough sort of character, On the other hand, this is a guy who also cornered the New York City donut cart market in the 1960s, back when you had to break some legs to get things done. When looking him up to see if he was still alive, and what he did with his hundreds of millions, I see he's still in the business, and in fact just last month opened up another donut shop on Astor Place. Max Heine I never met, but Michael Price of Mutual Shares was his protege. Mutual Shares was sold to Franklin Templeton a while back, so don't worry if you're too young to recognize that name either. My understanding is Max Heine cashed out of the business and instead of opening up a donut pub, retired to Arizona and was promptly killed by a bus. John Herzog, I can't speak authoritatively about either, but Herzog is the most important name of the three. It's what you referred to when you described how their company traded 15 percent of the Nasdaq volume during the Internet bubble crash of March 2000. Alongside Spear leads itself sold to Goldman, Herzog dominated the Nasdaq markets as they opened up to the retail market and caught the wave as those stocks went from being traded over the counter to electronic. I recently picked up a copy of John Herzog's book and had to suppress a giggle when I read the inside of the jacket. This is what it said This intimate memoir would be more believable had it not happened on Wall Street. It's an unconventional story for that place. It's about integrity, not greed, where wrongs are quickly righted and fairness is never mistaken for generosity. For Herzog, the reward is sharing success with all who made it possible, and his story tells us how that happened. Let me tell you, this is not how I remember herzog Heine adult. As a young guy, I walked into their office on Washington Boulevard for the first time and was almost mowed down by traders racing mountain bikes around the lobby. One of the traders careens away from me and smashes into a glass conference room wall. He jumps up and gets right in my face, swearing and asking what I'm doing, wandering around like a dipshit on their race course. He quieted down a bit when I told him I was a client, but still told me to fuck myself as he went back to pick up his bike and pay the other trader. A little startled, I get into the elevator and pull out my BlackBerry. I didn't care about checking email. It was just a status symbol back then. You always wanted to be on your BlackBerry in the elevator. I walk onto the trading floor and see Buzzy yelling at a client. They go back and forth about some trade for a while, while Buzzy gets more and more wound up. Finally, Buzzy screams out, You motherless fuck! and hangs up the phone. He turns to his open-mouthed assistant, throws his pad at him and says, This account will be redeeming. Hit him with a $50,000 service charge on the way out. Talk about an education. They're not teaching you this stuff at Wharton. As I make my way through the trading floor, I recognize another sales trader, one of the only women in the place. She'd be 90 pounds soaking wet and has a shock of blonde hair. She whips her chair around, and I see she's put on 20 pounds since I saw her two weeks ago, all of it on her chest. I'm agape at the size of her new boobs. Each one is the size of her head. She sighs loudly, points at her eyes, and says, I'm up here, pal. I'm embarrassed, but the trader near to her yells out, Let him stay. you paid enough for them, you slag. She growls and throws her phone at him, and as I walk away I can hear a couple of coffee cups careening across the desk. There's a crowd around the vending machines, and I discover one of the interns lost a bet and has to eat one of everything until he throws up. The other interns are cheering him on, and the more senior traders are betting on whether it'll be candy or chips that are the catalyst to make him hurl. The chips have it, with an expired pack of 3D Doritos. When I sit down with my sales trader, she's too busy to talk to me, so I listen in on the conversations around me. The guy next to us seems to believe Magic Johnson got AIDS by going on the AIDS walk. Another trader gives an intern money for a cab and sends him to the New York Stock Exchange floor for a box of upticks. And that's all I remember about Herzog for now. Episode 42 of Occupy a Job on Wall Street will be out soon. Please subscribe to listen. And hey, if you'd like this podcast, tell your friends to listen. And if you don't like it and think it sucks, then tell everyone you know how bad it is.